Hey everyone, and welcome back to Millennial Mind. I'm so excited to tell you that I've got a new summer series with a very special guest and one that you all loved when she came on my podcast. Every week, I'm trying to make this podcast better for you, and I only ask for one small, tiny little favor from all of you, which is to press the subscribe or follow button wherever you're watching this. I'm so excited to introduce you to this very special series, so let's get into it. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast onto Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Mona, Shivani, Cassie, that was enthusiastic. Shiv, Shiv, can I call you Shiv or do you not like that? Yeah, of course. Oh my god, I so love that. It reminds me of. Oh my god, what is it? Succession. Do you watch Succession? Yes. Oh, it's so funny when I. Don't you love? When I moved into my flat, I do actually really like it, but I haven't. I've only watched like three episodes. Oh my god, baby. Now I'm on season one. Favorite character so far. I'm literally on season one. Okay, and who's your favorite character? Shiv is such a powerhouse, though. Oh, see, I'm not really... I'm only on, like, three episodes or okay, four episodes. I need to get into it. Anyways, I'm going to call you Shiv because you are a powerhouse as well. <laughs> when I moved into my flat, um, my flatmate was like, oh, my God, I know another Shivani. And I was like, who? She was like, the one from Succession. I was like, her name is Siobhan. It's <laughs> be about, like, uh, Rupert Murdoch and his family. Yeah, I know. Apparently he's trying to sue them. Huh? Apparently trying to sue them. Shut up for the for the uh, it's the documentary. Literally, but this is not an episode about succession. Sorry, okay. No, um, okay. We are we are today talking around a topic that I think you and I have talked about so much, but also struggled with as well. Just to be completely transparent, and that is validation. I think with being a podcaster and being a full time content creator now. It is very easy to feel validated by society based on the number of shares I get, based on the number of likes I get, based on my follow account. And for a really, really long time, I was so used to it going up and up and up. So I was like, I'm not affected by it. I don't really care. And it's only recently when it went a little bit stagnant that I thought, oh gosh, this is really impacting me. And I think we're in a society now with young girls, young boys that are really impressionable. And so many of them from a very young age are being addicted. I mean, we've spoken on podcasts about it before around TikTok, Instagram, all of these platforms being like a slot machine. And when you're thinking about it, when people are under the age of 10 and scrolling through TikTok and they upload something silly and they get like a million views, what are they going to do? Keep going on and keep seeking that validation. Validation is a topic that is extremely close to my heart. And I have to be honest with you because I'm always transparent with my audience, with my clients, etc., It is my Achilles heel in the sense that it's my soft spot. I can't, I feel that it's controlled me to some extent in my life. And I've done a lot of research into it. And it's funny because it's such a societal problem, but I also think it's an incredibly individual problem. Now, what do I mean by that is 
why do we need validation? Now, people need it for different reasons, and it often starts in childhood, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, I come from a Middle Eastern background. My mum is very Lebanese, so I don't know if you know what that means, but she's always been in a society where the narrative is what you look like really matters, who you hang out with really matters. And so from a really young age, when my mum spoke to me, it was truly really loving and so amazing. When she spoke to me from a young age, the language that she used made me very subconsciously aware of how people perceive me. I talked to my therapist at all, and obviously we've got different parts of the brain. We've got the frontal cortex, we've got the amygdala, there's different parts of the brain. And actually mm-hmm. the way that the brain develops between when you're a baby to seven years old is one of the most important because it forms the views for the rest of your life. I'm sure you know that because you interviewed a lot of doctors. So actually childhood plays a huge, huge, huge part in the way that we develop. And I think that because of the narrative that was created when I was a child, I became very aware of what people think from a very young age. Mm -hmm. Now, on the one hand, it made me very driven because yeah. I was like, oh, I need to get approval in some way. So, for example, my parents being immigrants, they couldn't work very, they couldn't be around because they were working very hard. So they couldn't bring me up in the same way as people in my school. Mm. So a lot of the parents judged my parents because they couldn't pick me up from school, right? How interesting. So what happened was, as a child, I was very aware that they wouldn't let their kids play with me and I was really popular at school. So I was like, because they thought I was a bad influence because my parents weren't ever around. So I made it as a subconscious mission as a child to prove to them that I was good enough because I was like, no, no, I'm going to do really well in my exams and I'm going to become that dentist because I wanted to be a dentist since I was 12. So it almost pushed me because I almost wanted to prove to those other people that I was good enough. And then I got that gratification because I got my A's and my A-levels and that mm. gave me a dopamine rush. I know that now. Yeah. And I got A's in my GCSEs and then I got into the university of my choice and then I blah, 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 blah. And then it went on. But the problem is when I felt like I failed or that I wasn't getting that, like, you're so great. I just shut down. It's like I almost have a mini breakdown and it's really hard because it's so paralyzing for me. Do you feel that now? Yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I really do. And I allow other people's opinions to shape who I really am, which is really crazy because sometimes I perceive myself to be a strong woman. But when I don't get the when I don't get the validation from other people, I'm like, I'm not good enough. It's no, you are a strong woman. The The mistake we make in life by labelling is that we believe we have to feel that emotion all the time. So if you say I'm a strong woman, it means at all points, in every factor, in every segment of your life, you have to be strong. That's incorrect. And what you were saying about your childhood, it resonates with me so much. I think as a daughter of an immigrant, and I think loads of children who have immigrant parents will know this, is that when they came to this country, they wanted to impress their friends. They wanted to impress their family. They wanted to fit in with society. So again, they wanted to impress society. And I think for me, whilst education was so, so, so important, unfortunately, I failed my parents in that arena. I wasn't a straight A student. And I felt very, very conscious about that, which is why actually I'm always so insecure about not being clever at the moment. I always will say I'm not that clever. And it's an insecurity that I have. And and we'll talk about that another time. But for me, I was very conscious about the way I portrayed myself. As you probably can tell, I'm very outspoken. I've always liked to engage in dialogue and debate. I've always liked to challenge the status quo. And my parents, when I was younger, would be like, you shouldn't have said that in front of that person. You shouldn't have asked that question. You shouldn't have said it in that tone. And so whilst it's made me incredibly self-aware, it's also come with a lot of guilt. My question for you is as well, do you think you put up a front? No. Protect yourself. No. Protect yourself to be vulnerable. 
always. And actually, when people say that to me, I've never, ever felt that I've put up a front. I'm, I really don't believe that I'm fake. Like, I, Not fake, but do you feel that you're not, you're scared to show vulnerability? No, never. I, I remember when I was younger, I used to not want to cry in front of my parents. Like, I remember when my grandma was in hospital, I'd go in the other room and, and cry because I felt that I shouldn't show, like, I'm weak. But that was when I was very, very young, by the way. When I was, like, nine or ten, I remember doing that. Ever since I've been 15, 16, I've never been scared to cry, never been scared to say anything. I've just felt very, very, very guilty. So the other the other day, it was quite funny. Um, had a family event and someone said, so when are you going to get married? And this was the fourth time they'd asked me that day, by the way. And I just turned around. And, honestly, classic. No one has listened to my bloody podcast. Don't ask me when I'm getting married. And I turned around and I said, for God's sake. Did you? I, this, is, this is exactly what I said. I said, for once, can we sit down to eat where someone doesn't have to ask me when I'm getting married? How am I meant to know? I'm really getting tired of this question. There's way more to me than asking me when I'm getting married. And when I find out, you will know. And it went silent. And my parents were there. And um, my mum, actually, before I said anything, was like, she doesn't know. Because she was like, shit, that, but this person's going to get it. And it was silent. And I just was like... Okay, and we moved on with, and then actually, someone said, "You're right. There is more to you than that. Your latest podcast about this seems really interesting. I watched the trailer, and we spoke about it. However, thirty seconds into that conversation, I felt I had been rude, and so I was overcompensating for being like, "Oh yeah, did you see this?" And engaging those aunties and uncles in that conversation, I kept trying to be really engaging. When I was walking to the car, I said to my brother, "Do you think I was a bit rude?" When I got home, I was like to my mom, "Do you think I was a bit rude?" And they both said, no, you were just firm. But I'm so self-conscious. What do they think? Do they think I'm rude? But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm glad I was firm because they've got to stop asking me that every time they see me. It's so tiresome. It's so frustrating. But it comes with a lot of guilt for me. And I think that whilst if you ask me right now, do I seek validation from other people? I would blanket say no. I think there's so many indirect ways in which so many of us seek validation, whether that's from our friends saying, oh, you look nice today because you bought a new dress, whether that's from someone liking your Instagram post, whether that's from someone noticing that you got your eyebrows done. We are we are constantly seeking that. It's because we're just always seeing so many people, there's so many interactions that we feel that we constantly need to be engaging. Do you know, I read a book recently, it's one of my favourite books, Dopamine. Have I told you about it? No. It's brilliant. It's written by, I think it's a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. Right. And basically the whole book is how we've become a dopamine nation, right? And the idea is, is that although there's been sort of remnants of that, we had to work a lot harder for our dopamine. Yeah. So from a, On a hormonal level purely, yes. we're totally out of sync with those um, hormones such as dopamine and serotonin and it's really interesting in the book she said because everything is really easy accessible so we've also become like a binge nation she said you might not think that you're addicted to certain things so like when we think of addiction we stereotypically think of someone being addicted to alcohol drugs porn sex exactly mm-hmm. exactly but actually addiction goes so much more beyond that and she even says that she got addicted to twilight like twilight came out and then she'd just binge and binge and binge and to the point that she'd like not spend some time with like her family because she'd be like watching twilight and then she got so bored of twilight because it wasn't giving her the same thrill that she'd look for something like even more like exaggerated than twilight and it became this sort of obsession and if we all look closely at things in our lives we might develop that sort of thing and why because we don't have to work hard for it so you true literally download entire series on netflix you don't have to like do you remember like when you were a kid and you're like i have to wait a week before that episode comes yeah we don't have that anymore because we can literally binge on everything that we want to at any point in our life and that's a really dangerous place to be in because it literally means that our home hormone which is not meant to be released at a constant 
has become numb, essentially. Well, Harry Potter's on Netflix now, and I think that's a very dangerous thing because I love Harry Potter, and I've already watched like all of them all over again. But you're right, we are really, really, really addicted. And it's so interesting. I can't remember, I think it was David Humerburn or someone was talking on a podcast clip, and they said the reason why everyone thinks they have ADHD is because we're constantly stimulated. Yes. So like, you'll go on your phone and you'll be stimulated. You'll go like on to work and you'll be stimulated. Like We're getting all of these dopamine hits 24-7. So it's not that everyone has ADHD. I mean, I've self-proclaimed that, I think, I have it. Me too, by the way, me too. But it's because we're so stimulated and it's so funny because so many of us just find it so hard to relax. I mean, I find it incredibly difficult to switch off. I don't think I ever can unless I'm completely exhausted. Well, this is the funny thing because I, I, I go to a point of like complete exhaustion or hashtag my toxic trait is that every time I'm stressed, I travel because traveling is the only way because I'm interested on a plane. I don't actually go on the Wi-Fi if it's available. I'm like, I just want to be completely present on the plane, you know? And like, Really? Yeah. I'm like there with my laptop oh, on that stupid thing. <laughs> but obviously I have Wi-Fi, yeah. So the other person that I want to talk about, because I've done so much research into validation only because I think it's something that's also progressed to me from my spiritual growth in a way, because every time I take one step forward, I take two steps back because of the need for validation. My validation goes in so many different forms. So for me, it's professionally, it's the way that I look, it's my relationship, it's what people think of my partner, it's what people think of my friends. It goes to every point of my life. And sometimes really? I feel like I'm in shackles. So I'm like, what does this person think? What does this person think? And what does this person think? And it's like, if I don't get constant validation, I literally like tell myself I'm not good enough. What's your love language? I actually don't know. I Is it words of affirmation? Yes, probably. Interesting. Yeah, 100%. So, hashtag Shivani, validate me. So, I'm like... That's why when I'm short with you on WhatsApp, you think I hate you. Yeah, totally. I'm if like, you're I'm like, are you, uh, when I'm like, where are you? You're like, coming, sorry. And yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that I, and you know, and it's, you know, I'm going to be completely vulnerable. Even so, like, because you're so incredible at what you do, I'm like, am I going to be good enough for her, you know, with this podcast? Although I know how passionate I am about mm -hmm. doing something like this, but there's that constant, like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? And the person that speaks a lot about this is Jay Shetty. So Jay Shetty did a beautiful podcast that I listened to recently. And in his podcast, he talks about how dangerous external validation is, but also, again, links it back to childhood. But the interesting thing is, he says, and same as my therapist that you can change the neuroplasticity in your brain so you can actually rewire your brain right and he describes us always blaming karma so for example if something bad happens you think it's karma true and that's the guilt thing right because you thinking like oh was it because i was rude that time to my aunties and uncles this is happening to me now do you know what yes I mean? but he was saying that it's karma doesn't really work that way but if you see something happen basically it's the universe teaching you the same thing over and over again until you learn from it and you change the trajectory or the direction in which you go with it do you Love see it. What i mean so for example somebody that says i always end up with bad men i always end up in bad relationships because they haven't learned they the lesson learn, they haven't learned the lesson but also why are they attracted to those men mm. right so for example I've grown up with a very stable and really lucky um, stable parents a stable marriage etc so I have been used to a lot of love mm. and seeing stable relationships so naturally I have gone for men that resemble my dad in a way, you know, like, oh, they're, they're good men or like, I'm, I like the stability. I was really shocked as well because the other side of me that was like, I'm alpha and I need to be with an alpha man were going for narcissistic men because they were satisfying the need for validation. They didn't give me love. And I had to address that because every time I went for that bad relationship because I needed some kind of val validation, 
I looked in the mirror after like the 10th time and I go, I'm the common denominator. I, I love that statement. <laughs> no, I am I am the common denominator because like this is happening to me, not because of them, but because of me. Why am I choosing them? We have to take that responsibility and accountability. And that's when I started looking into the childhood validation thing yeah. as well and being like, but was it because even though my parents were loving, did I get validated by them? Was it enough? Was I not being validated in some ways? Was I told as a child? You might fail. Well, you told Siobhan, you might not get all these grades, but it's okay. You're good. You might be creative. Do you see what I mean? And no. it's interesting. <laughs> exactly. And these are the things that shape us as human beings later on. I love that phrase, common denominator, because I use that all the time. Um, but also that element of personal responsibility, I think, is really important. So thanks for sharing that. One thing I want to talk around is... S- specifically what you said about childhood, but as we grow up. So I learned around this concept called about the authoritative figure, and I use it a lot in organizations. Now, if you think about it, when you're younger, who are your authoritative figures? Your parents. Always. In school, your teachers. At uni, your lecturers. When you're at work, it's the people you work with. But as you get older, who are they? And I think that we put so much pressure to get validated by these authoritative figures. I mean, as a kid, I always wanted to be told by my parents, you're a good child. What does a good child mean? Well, good child to my parents was I didn't answer back. I got got good grades in school. And, you know, I was a good Indian girl. And for other people's, like, parents, they thought the same thing of me. Now, whilst I used to sing prayers all the time and people, and spoke Gujarati, so people thought I was a good Indian girl, I didn't used to get good grades. And so I never thought I was worthy. Genuinely, I think the biggest thing that has changed my life and the biggest thing that has changed my trajectory is believing in myself and stopping seeking that validation from my parents. And I know that I've stopped doing that is because I stopped telling them every time I've got something now. And I realized that I don't need to impress them. I don't need to impress anyone else. I just need to do what's right for me. But that's taken me 28 years to stop telling my parents, Mom, I got this. I mean, my mom is the first person I'd call, but my dad was a very strict parent growing up and also the one that I'd want to impress because he was the hardest to impress. And it's only been in the last six months that I no longer tell him every time I've got a deal, every time I've got something new or something exciting because I'm stopping myself from looking for that external validation from that authoritative figure. But do you think you've transferred that to social media? I'm not saying consciously, but do you think because no. you get that validation from essentially strangers on Yes, in, partially. Oh, okay, you know. Partially, but you have to remember the things that I would tell my mum and dad are not things that I'd put on social media. Does that make sense? There's loads of things that I've got which nobody knows about in the background because they're happening in like a year's time or they're happening very behind closed doors and I don't put that on social media. You're right though, is that I do get validation almost every day from somebody messaging, somebody stopping me, whatever. I do get that. And so take that all away. How would I feel every single day? I don't know. Has it increased my confidence? Yes. Has it made sure that um, I want to keep going? Yes. But does it control my emotions? No. You know what? It's not every single second of the day that someone tells me something lovely. Yeah. I get loads of things online that people say mean things. This girl the other day commented on my like um, weekly review, like, you know, carousel post. And she said, uh, lovely week in the life of someone who doesn't have a job. And then she commented... And then, and then she commented on my story saying, why don't you get, when I was talking about the validation, the verification, she said, why don't you get a real job? So that you don't have to comment on other people's lives. I messaged her and I said, are you having a bad day? And she didn't reply. That person is obviously having a bad day. But this is the thing. You know, the moment that we realise that people's reactions are a projection of their own lives and not you, 
that is the moment that you're at peace. And I haven't worked exactly. that out yet. You know, the other day, one of my colleagues really upset me, right? Because I'm not one of these bosses that's like really horrible, right? And I will always uplift. I give my colleagues such autonomy, especially at work. And I think that's the reason they love me. But on in some respects as well, it's it's created a difficult boundary because when I do need to be strict, I can't be. Does that mm. make sense? So this colleague was a bit disgruntled with me about something and wrote a text message to me. And it was really unacceptable the way that he spoke to me. And I right. was really, really upset about it, really upset. And then he came apologised to me a week later because I was actually in tears, but I didn't tell him. I'd actually mm-hmm. told my manager because I was like, I'm really upset about this. And she, he spoke to me and he apologised. And it turned out he was just having a really, really bad day, personal problems. And I'm saying the way that he spoke to me, I was like, he thinks I'm awful. I'm just a terrible person. You know, like literally that's how I sound. Good Kim K. Quai. But the thing is, is that it was because of what he was going through. And so often we think that people are thinking about us, but they're never thinking about them. They're not. No offense, but you said to me, like, when you're being short, I'm like, does she hate me? You're like, yeah. I'm literally busy. I'm literally like so engrossed in my editing that I'm giving you one word response. And sometimes I give my uh, people one word response. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I think the moment that we understand that will become more at peace. It's a spotlight effect. I've spoken about it so many times. We believe that there's a spotlight shining on us. But guess what? Everyone's got their own spotlight shining on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that you're so right in terms of we don't know what someone else is going through but this is the problem with the whole validation thing is you also don't know when someone's being fake so when you're who are you being validated by is the question you should be asking yourself as well if you're being validated by a group of friends that really know you can trust and they can they look out for you and you know they have your best interests at heart compared to your mum you know, if my mum was the only person that was telling me I was amazing and the whole world was telling me I was an absolute nightmare, I mean, hello, I can't be like, well, my mum validates me, so I'm fine with it. My mum's going to think I'm I'm a lovely person even if I murder someone tomorrow. You know, I, I'm self-aware of that. I know what my mum's like, genuinely. But it's really important to understand why you're seeking that validation and where you're getting it from. But let's say, for example, someone is watching this or listening to this right now thinking, well, I can't help but feel that I need to get that validation from other people. What tips would you give them? So what I would say to people is, is that you really need to put in the work because we're so easy to just blame other people. Like, for example, if you do something and someone doesn't validate you or criticizes you, you try to blame them. We've had so true circumstance, right? But sometimes we have to do that inward journey. Like I said to you, if you're somebody that has continual failed relationships, you think to yourself, oh, it's because of this, because this person was an arsehole, this person was horrible, this person was this, this person was this. But in actual fact, you've got to think to yourself... Why am I seeking validation from those certain types of people? And that's the, that's the journey I'm going on right now because I'm like, why am I seeking external validation constantly mm-hmm. from different types of people? And I need to understand that. And that's why I'm like, I need to look at my childhood. I need yeah. to understand why. Also, practicing different exercises. So, for example, have you ever heard of parts work? No. So working with your different parts, it's a really beautiful thing that my therapist gave me. So we all have different parts to us. And sometimes we try to suppress those different parts. So like, for example, with you, you might have a part of yourself that you don't like, whether it's like, I don't know, I'm just making up something, being short-tempered or being direct or whatever you said. I'm all those things. You know, like, for example, you might say to yourself, I don't like that part. Mm. And you try to suppress it. And the more you suppress it, it's actually worse for you. So what you do is is that you can do an exercise where you try to work with your part. So when you feel that arising, Mm. you've got to be conscious in the moment and be like, okay, why are you arising? I'm not going to suppress you, but I'm going to work with you. And I'm going to treat you as a part of me and try to work with you. Because actually what the psychologist and psychotherapist say is that the more you try to suppress that part the deeper it goes into your subconscious and actually it's more dangerous. Being aware of something can really help address it. And I think that's really helped with me because, you know, I am somebody who has got a bit of a bad temper and that has changed over time because I've accepted it 
I can now say on here, yeah, I do have a bad temper. And once I accept and acknowledge it, now I can work on it. And I think there's been so many things like that in my life. I mean, I quite like the way I'm direct, but I always tell people, you know, just FYI, I'm not being rude. You don't hate me. That's the only thing. I told you four times today. This is the fifth time on camera. (laughs) But the thing is with me, I'm also just not a texter. I'm not like, hey, how are you? How's it been? I'm just like, yo, this is what I need to do. Um, But anyway, in terms of the the validation point, I think what's really, really key is to understand that when you're constantly seeking validation, you're constantly trying to fit into the mould. It suppresses your creativity. Because if you're constantly people-pleasing and thinking that, oh, this person needs to like me, oh, no, but this person needs to like me, you're toing and froming and you're not actually being clear to who you are. And that's why the inner work is really important. What do I want? We've mentioned this in another podcast. I know for me, I don't want to do miming TikToks. I'm not going to do jumping TikToks, pointing to different things. But that's because I know myself and therefore I don't feel I need to get the validation from doing that from TikTok, nor do I need to feel like I need to people please to perhaps do that within my field. There's those of people that do things like that. I personally don't want to do it. doesn't mean I won't do other things, but it means like that isn't for me. And I'm okay with that. But let's say I was like, oh, this person really wants me to do that. This person's got loads of likes. This person's growing their Instagram really quickly by doing these jumping TikToks. Therefore, I should do it. Who's going to feel awful at the end of the day? Them or me? And it just suppresses creativity when you are constantly looking for validation. So the number one thing to do is do that inner work. Reflect. Figure out what do I enjoy? What am I good at? Do you know what the other thing is as well is that I know it sounds like a really cringy exercise, but it has worked for me is that getting a photo of yourself as a child is really important. You've mentioned this. So good. Really got to do that. And Jay Shetty mentioned it, mentions it as well. Really? So you really need to get that little child because it goes every time you're speaking to yourself, think of who you're talking to and it's basically you're in a child. So you need to understand that when you're seeking that validation or when you're taking upon yourself people's criticisms, you know, you're like, what's that little girl saying? You've got to go Mm -hmm. back to that again and again or little boy. And I think that's a really, really important part. But we have to remember, because we're living in this social media world right now, we are living in platforms that are all about validation. Exactly. We're also constantly being bombarded by adverts that are telling us that we're not good enough. Treat your skin, treat your hair, lose weight, buy these... Everything. All those things will make you a better, bigger person. And I think you have to have that awareness every time you go online and you need to be validated. And I'm not talking about real life because a lot of us are and need that Mm. validation online understand what those platforms are there for they can be great to get the word out 100 but also they are really good for advertising i mean instagram verification you can now pay for it and that's a form of validation i think that's why a lot of people are doing it i, I understand some they people's reason enough. for it but they but now they feel good enough now they feel that confident that confidence and actually referring back to harry potter i actually was watching the scene where do you watch harry potter by the way no mate Right, okay, never mind. But anyway, I'm just gonna tell you. There's the scene where Harry was given Harry was given liquid luck, and what that meant was if you drink this potion, you'll get you'll get what you want because it gives you so much luck. He pretended to put that in his friend's drink. The friend drunk it, won the Quidditch match, and believed that he had taken the liquid luck. Exactly. So what we think, we believe. So if you're thinking, I need to get validation from this person, I need to get approval from this person, my activity will be impacted. Exactly. So I think the key thing here is to really understand you within yourself have that power. You within yourself, if you are confident within yourself, truly, if you do the work and you're confident in yourself, you literally won't care what other people think of you. It's not to say you won't care every time, but genuinely now when that girl commented that the other day for once I'm not gonna lie for one second I thought oh does she not think I have a real job yeah. and then I thought to be honest do I what defines a real job these days and it's also like when you use a one two three four five and if profile picture writes that you're like calm down 
And then I thought, to be honest, what is a job these days? You, you can make a job out of anything. And I'm genuinely not insecure about it. And therefore, she can upset me or ruin my day. That's not the same for me every single time. I don't want people to watch this or listen to this and think Shivani's so confident. Like, wow, nothing affects her. There are certain things I feel insecure about and certain things that I don't. And we all have those individual insecurities. The most important thing to remember is everyone has them. Just don't let everyone impact your inner peace with their constant noise. 100%. And work with those parts, as I said. Yeah. You see those traits coming up, you're like, oh, hello. Exactly. You know, shame. Why are you here, shame? Yeah. Why are you here? You know what I mean? Like, just And also, yeah, fair enough, I'm insecure about that. I'm, I'm insecure about that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, great. Like owning it. Yeah. So I think that ultimately, we this is something that we're going to have to live with. Validation mm-hmm. is going to become more and more prevalent in our lives. But you need to understand how to work with it and you need to question why you need it. Agree. Good episode. Nice to see you again, Shivani. <laughs> 